Welcome to Maranatha Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Femi Fenoyo. We have joined a series that I've been doing on Maranatha YouTube teaching channel titled The Bible. We have joined the series at the beginning of another season, which we have titled The Story of the Whole Bible. Genesis 3, 23 and 24, Therefore the Lord sent him, that's Adam and his wife, forth from the Garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So God drove out the man, and God placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. We've done that, chapter 4 now, verses 1 to 3a. And Adam knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bore his brother, Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of ground. And in process of time, it came to pass. We need to have this phrase at the back of our mind as we approach this section, this Genesis chapter 4 to Genesis chapter 11. Now, let me show you what other translation, how they put that little phrase that we have just mentioned. So let's see. So King James says, and in process of time, it came to pass. So some translation says, and in the course of time, some translation says, some time later, some translation says, as time passed. Others translation says, the day came when. Now, that is important for me to put here because the point here is that the Bible, and I, I need us to understand it, that the Bible is not a second by second, a minute by minute, an hour by hour, or a day by day, or a week by week, or a month by month. It's not even a year by year account of biblical events. The Bible is an abridged version. The Bible does not tell us every single bit of information. The Bible is not a day-by-day report of those things that were happening in those stories or in those biblical events that we read. I know we are sometimes frustrated that the Bible doesn't seem to be excited about some of the questions and the controversies that seems to excite our modern mind, you know, when we read those stories. The Bible just seems to... <laughs> Just walk over some of the things that we tear our ears out and our ear out, you know, trying to, you know, <laughs> argue some of those things. And the Bible just move on, okay? And sometimes it frustrates us that the Bible don't stop and take selfie <laughs> some areas that we think this is important. No, we need to understand that the Bible often just gives us some fact. It wants to pass across and just simply move on to the next point, okay? We need to understand that what is included in the Bible are included for a good reason. Remember, remember that the people that the original Bible were written to, they are not modern people. They don't have modern mind. Okay. Yes. Secondly, we have the Bible and we learn from it. But remember those books were written to people with Asian mind. Maybe, maybe they don't see problems and controversies where modern minds sees problems and controversies. Just maybe also they have some knowledge and some understanding that fill in the gap that we struggle with. And this is where we need resources to be able to help us to break through into the mind and the understanding of 
ancient mind so that also so that we can know what they know so that then we can understand the bible the way they understood it at least as far as modern knowledge and technology can help us and the truth is that there are so many resources out there especially in our days that will help us to do this john actually give us this advice maybe it will be nice for us to just remember that let's look at what john wrote about his book and understand that in a very generic sense this applies to every single book of the bible every single story every single event john chapter 20 verses 30 to 31 and many other signs truly did jesus in the presence of his disciples of which john is one (laughs) which are not written in this book But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. And then he repeats it again in the next chapter, chapter 21, verse 25. And there are also many other things which Jesus did. And this is important. The wish, if they should be written, everyone, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the book that should be written. Amen. You see, he didn't set out to write everything that Jesus said or everything that Jesus did, you know, how he moved his head that way and moved that way. He didn't, they didn't set out to do that. And one of the things you see here is telling you that actually we, by the Holy Spirit, decide what to include in this book. We didn't say everything. We didn't write everything. We didn't record everything there is a reason and he said we have a reason we have a purpose okay we are not just writing this just for the sake of having subscription or having a thumb up he said we are doing this so that you will believe that jesus is the christ there's a purpose there's a stream that flows there's there's a story and there's a story that flows from genesis chapter one and through the whole bible and we are following that story and the things that god include in the scripture are included in the scripture for the purpose of moving this revelation forward so that we might understand the mind of God. So there is a reason why those things that were recorded for us in the Bible are so recorded and they are part of an unfolding story that started in the Garden of Eden and will be consummated in the Garden in the book of Revelation. And you know, the truth is that we also do the same thing, don't we? Look, when you report an event, and you have a particular goal in mind, you don't tell people every single bit. I mean, you have an hour or you have 30 minutes or sometimes you have three minutes or maybe even 30 seconds to pass your message across. You don't tell You don't tell all the data. For example, if you are in church yesterday, okay, if you are in church yesterday and you want to tell somebody about the Sunday message that impacted you so much, the, the man of God preached a message that impacted you. There's so many information about the service service that you are going to skip because your goal is to talk to them about what? The message. You are, you, you are not interested in the shoe that the pastor wore. Hopefully it was. We are in the shoe. You are not interested in talking about the color of his clothes. You want to talk to me about the message. So the, the, you, 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 you focus your attention. You know, what you include in your report is determined by the purpose, by your goal in writing those reports. Praise the Lord. Okay, so let's go back. <laughs> I'm taking a detour there. So let's go back to Genesis chapter 4. Okay, from verse 1. So, Adam and Eve were driven out of the Garden of Eden. And when we read that Genesis chapter 4, verse 1, it's interesting that the next thing that we are told, (laughs) so so chapter 3 tells us that God drove them out and God blocked them from coming back. And the next thing we were told is that and Adam knew his wife and she conceived. Okay, this is what I'm saying about the information that the Bible gives us. I mean, I will guess, I will guess that when God drove them out, (laughs) You know, 
I will guess that before somebody start getting <laughs> conceived, or at least alongside sex and pregnancy and delivery, they will first find accommodation, they will build community, they will, you know, build business for, for their sustenance. I would suppose that will be happening first before getting pregnant, or at least will be happening alongside trying to get pregnant. Is that okay? But what I'm saying here is that you can see that the Bible didn't tell us all those things. Okay, the Bible didn't tell us, did God help them? from fulfilling all these other things that we are talking about. How long were they homeless? The Bible didn't tell us. Okay, what was the time frame between they are being injected from the Garden of Eden and Eve getting pregnant and delivering Cain? The Bible didn't tell us. The Bible didn't tell us how old was Cain when Abel was born. The Bible didn't tell us all those information. The Bible didn't think all those things are very, very necessary. I mean, and quite curiously, and we are going to go into this when we get to Genesis chapter 5, first three. Quite curiously, when you read the genealogy of Adam recorded for us in Genesis chapter 5, it totally omitted Cain and Abel. Let me show you. Now, I'm going ahead of myself. We're going to come back to this, but let's read this because I'm trying to establish this that the Bible doesn't tell us everything, okay? Genesis chapter 5, verse 3, and here is the genealogy of Adam. You remember the genealogy we talked about? In previous teaching, and Adam lived 130 years and begat a son in his own likeness after his image and called his name Seth. Really, I mean, Seth was not his first son, but in talking about the genealogy of Adam in Genesis chapter 3, God totally omitted Cain and Abel. My point is that the Bible does not tell us every details about Bible character, about Bible event. Oftentimes, events that are recorded in the scripture side by side or verse, one verse after the other, oftentimes a lot of those events are separated by weeks and months and even sometimes by years. And this, this knowledge will be very, very important for you as you read throughout the whole scripture. Even sometimes prophetic books, even sometimes books that are not necessarily stories. The fact that you read one prophecy in one chapter and you go to that next chapter and read that another prophecy doesn't mean that they were given at the same sitting or on the same day or on the same week does not even mean that they were given under the same king or ruler and you and this is where bible study comes in where where you have to get tools to help you to connect the dot and put you know things in their right perspective amen so from genesis chapter 4 okay the bible have a focus and that determined the type of information and material that were included. So from Genesis chapter 4, the focus of the Bible is now on the fact that and how human fruitful, multiply, replenish the heart and subdue it. You remember that is what God commanded them in Genesis chapter 1. Okay, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the heart and subdue it. And that is the focus of Genesis chapter 4. I mean, obviously, against the background, against the backdrop of what we've already learned in chapter 1 to chapter 3. So the focus of this story moving forward from, from the fall to the flood, the focus is we want to see how human, the fact that this happened, number one, and how it happens. What are the impact? What are the implications? The fact that human became fruitful, they multiplied, they replenished the heart, and they subdued it. And that is what 
Genesis chapter 4 is focusing on. So, so I'm going to run quickly, quickly through the outline. Now, we are not going into the detail now. I'm going to run, run through the outline of Genesis chapter 4, and then we will start looking at some matter arising from it. So, this is just a quick outline, rather than reading the whole of Genesis chapter 4. And by the way, we are not, and I've said this a couple of times, we are not doing verse by verse exegesis of the book of the Bible. We are just looking at story. We are looking at the, the stream. We are looking at the flow of the story. We are connecting the dots. We are looking at where where we fit in, how this story affects us. So, so let's look at this general outline of Genesis chapter 4. So like we have just read in this verse, verse 1, 2, and 3a, we have the birth of Cain and Abel and their employment. Then we have Cain's offering, which we've not read yet. We then have Abel's sacrifice and God's acceptance of Abel's sacrifice. We read then after that in verse 5, Cain's reject, rejection and his discontent, okay? And then we read, read in verses 6 to 7, God's reasoning with and warning Cain. And then in verse 8, we saw Cain murder his brother, Abel. And then verse 9, God makes inquiry after Abel and after that, Talk about the cry of the blood of Abel. And in verses 11 to 14, God placed a curse upon Cain. And in verses 13 to 14, Cain complained. And God, then the next verse, God mitigated the curse that he placed on Cain. And then in verse 16, God executed the curse. And then in verses 17 to 19, we saw Cain's descendant, his posterity. And then after that, we read the story of Lamech and his two wives. They bore him sons and they dwell in tent. And then when you move on to verse 21, we saw that they invented, you know, musical instruments. They have skill in brass and iron. We see that in verses 21 and 22. And then in verses 23 and 24, we saw Lamech. We saw him boasting. And finally, in verse 25, we saw the birth of Seth, Adam and Eve's third son. And then in verse 26, we saw the sons, the genealogy of Seth and the revival of religion. So essentially that, that gives you the flow of the story. I decided to do that rather than reading through this whole story. Now, 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 when you read through that story, let's assume that we read through it. This is the reason why I gave you the outline. Let's assume that we read through it. Okay. There's one lesson that strikes you straight away, especially because of where we are coming from, especially haven't spent so much time <laughs> in the court of God in Genesis chapter three and God judging Adam and Eve. There's something that strikes you straight away as you read this chapter. And, the, and that is this. Now, I mean, there, there, are many, there are many lessons, but there's this one lesson that strikes me personally, that even though Adam and Eve have been driven out and driven away from the immediate and direct presence of God, yet, and this is a big yet, yet they still have some limited and indirect access to God's presence. And this is important. Now, when God drove them out, it was not a total cut off. God did not totally cut them off. And that is it. Transmission ended. Shop is closed. No connection. You are on your own. No, that's not actually what happened. You will think that that is what is going to happen when you see what was going on. But we were beginning to understand in Genesis chapter 3 that that's not going to happen because we saw the mercy. Remember, we saw the mercy and the goodness of God that does not want to give up on his human. So that is the thing that is carried through into chapter five. And we see that here is a case of out of sight yet. Yes, out of sight. Yes, but not out of mind. But at least 
at this stage of the story. Yes, they are driven away from the from the immediate, they have been driven away from the from the direct presence of God. They've been driven away from the Eden Garden, but they still have this asset. They still have some limited access to the presence of God. And that is very, 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 very important. And we could see that they have awareness of God and his goodness. And, and we're going to break down this as we go along. You know, when Eve had a child called Cain, he said, God has given him to me. They, were, they have awareness of God. They have awareness of God's goodness. And we see that they were worshiping through sacrifice and the sacrifice that God then received or rejected. We're going to come into the detail of, of those things. But you can see that there is this communion. God was communing with them. There was communication. The communication line was left open by the grace of God, by the mercy of God. The communication, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was not it was not a big opening door as it was before. They didn't have those, those unlimited assets that they had before. They were not dwelling in the direct presence of God as they were before. God, God coming down in the cool of the day. Yes, they lost that, but they didn't, they didn't lose everything. God opened up this channel of communication. And what is interesting to me is that when you read this chapter, chapter four of Genesis, the character that God seemed to have spoken the most to was the bad boy of the house, Cain himself. Again, like I said, we are going to read the detail of this. But in regard to what I've just said about Cain, let's read Genesis chapter four, verse 16, because I think this is quite revealing with respect to the lesson that we are learning here. Now, where we are going to read in Genesis chapter 4, verse 16, this was after Cain has killed his brother, after Cain has murdered his, his brother Abel. Now, we are going to come into that incident, but there's something I want you to see about the assets that they have with God. So let's read that in Genesis chapter 4, and we read verse 16. I'm going to read it from the Amplified Classic. Remember, this was after all the judgment and God placed a curse on, on Cain, verse 16. So Cain went away from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod, wandering east of Eden. And Cain went away from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Actually, Nod means wandering. What I want you to see here is the way this verse was corrupted. It is quite revealing. What we see here is that Cain not only left after his interview with God has ended, but he totally withdrew from the neighborhood of the Garden of Eden. The Bible says that he left and it was connected with a geographical migration. And this is very, very important that Cain emigrated <laughs> away from his family. He left, he emigrated away from the presence of God to dwell in the land of Lund. What is the land of Lund? Is the land of wandering where he was living away far, far. And this is the story of human moving away. Initially, they were living in the neighborhood of Garden of Eden. They had some access to God, God's presence. But here we have Cain left the presence of God. And he went into this land of Nod. The land of Cain became the land of Nod. It's the land of wandering. He was living as a fugitive. He was living an aimless fugitive life. And that tells me something. That tells me something that the family of Adam at the beginning, after God drove them out, that the family of Adam at the beginning did not move far away from their first home. 
Now, it is true they cannot return back to the Garden of Eden. That door is locked. But they lived in what I call the shadow of their past life. They didn't move far away from the Garden of Eden. They live in the shadow of that garden. So, let's take him by the grace of God. We are going to d- dig deeper into Genesis chapter 4, including this... <laughs> Kenish migration, this migration saga of Cain. In in the last teaching by the grace of God, we are going to look into, we're going to start digging deep into that. But, but before we dig dog deep, next time by the grace of God, we are going, before we begin to dig into this, this chapter, remember again, yes, we are not doing verse by verse, but before we begin to take some lesson, there are some questions arising from the first section from the first section of this chapter, there are some questions, yes, some questions that people ask that arise out of this first section of this chapter. And those are the questions we are going to deal with first. This question, what is the meaning of the name that Eve and Adam gave to their children? What's the meaning of Cain? What's the meaning of Abel? And later, the meaning of the name Seth. Now, I'm, going to, I'm asking that question because there's a lesson here. Okay, that is relevant to us, that is going to key in to our story. So we are going to answer that question. What's the meaning of the name that Eve and Adam gave to their children, Cain and Abel first, and then Seth? And what is the implication of that for them? And what is the implication of that for us? First question. Second question, people ask this question. Back to Adam and Eve, were Cain and Abel twins, and does it matter? <laughs> doesn't matter whether they were twins. doesn't really matter one way or the other. We'll look at that. And number three question that we are going to start with, we can have 100 questions when we start with this. Number three question, the sacrifice. Who taught them to sacrifice? Who taught them to sacrifice? How did they know to sacrifice? Okay, before we start talking about the whole complication for Cain, <laughs> you know, the whole headache, that Cain brought upon himself with respect to his sacrifice being rejected and then him being so angry that he killed his brother. We're going to look at that, but we're going to look at those three questions. By the grace of God, next teaching, what's the meaning of the name that Eve and Adam gave to their children and why? What are the implications for them and for us? Number two, Cain and Abel, Cain and Abel, Cain and Abel. Were they twins? And does it really matter whether they were or they were not? Number three, who taught them? To sacrifice, but the fact that they were able to sacrifice actually again tell us that line of communication that they have with God. And if you are listening to me tonight, I want you to know that there's no other name that is given to us by which we might be saved. Yes, you may be, you may have strayed away, but the grace of God, the mercy of God is coming after you. But you will have to receive that mercy. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Come to him. Look, I don't need to argue with you. You know this truth. You, you, you may want to argue with it, but deep down inside of you, you know you cannot save yourself. You need help. And God has provided that help in Christ Jesus. All you need to do is to receive it. It will come in. It will save you. It will be your God, your friend, your father, your Lord, we walk with you through the thick and thin, and there, there are thick and thin in this world. We walk through the valley of shadow of death, but we fear no evil because God is with us. He will be there with you. And when this is all over, because when it is over here, it is not really over, it's just beginning. You will spend eternity with Him in the new heaven and the new earth. What price 
It's not worth paying for that. Tonight, give your life to him. We sincerely invite you to check out our teachings on YouTube Maranatha Teaching Channel. They will bless you. Thank you.